Genesis chapter 12. You got your Bible with you? Genesis chapter 12. This is where we are introduced to the guy known as Abram at this time, but he's also going to be kind of change his name to Abraham. Well, God changes his name later, um, but we are jumping in. This is the very first time that Abram or Abraham jumps onto the scene. And you got to know this, in the book of Genesis, other than the first two chapters, chapter 1, chapter 2, that's the creation account, chapter 1, chapter 2. In chapter 3, the fall happens, and then this, the first, like chapter 3 to chapter 11, is the story of one fall after another. <laughs> Just like one fall after another. One person fails, God redeems. One person fails, God redeems. And then we end with Noah right? Noah, who was blameless in God's sight, but he wipes out the entire world and leaves this man. And ironic fact is that he was in for a year and 10 days. Can you imagine being on a boat for a year and 10 days? It would stink. Remember, you got all the animals with you, right? Can you, can you only, I can only imagine what the filth and the stink was. Anyway, his whole family was on a boat for a year and 10 days. That's crazy. Um, but he starts, and then even after that account, oh my goodness, he gets drunk, right? Noah, blameless, gets drunk, and oh gosh, uh, he exposes himself to his son, which is like this, hey, you're, I'm reading it, it's in scripture, right? Hopefully you're on the reading plan, you're going to read it for yourself. But there it is, in Genesis chapter 8, like here it is, you're like, wait a minute, you're not supposed to do that to your parents. Well, guess what? You know, your parents are not supposed to do that to you, but that's just weird, um, And so there it is, once again, another fall where sin and God interact and how he, we fall and God interacts and intervenes. We sin, God interacts and intervenes. And you will see that all throughout the book of Genesis. You will see that story played out over and over and over again. And here in Genesis chapter 12, we're introduced to an unknown character. It's like, where did he come from? Why Abram? Why Abraham? And so we come to Genesis chapter 12, and Abram is living in a city, and the name of the city is Ur. It's spelled U-R, okay? We learned about that in chapter, the end of chapter 11, and then we bounce over to 12. And so at the end of chapter 11, all we know of Abram is that he's living in a city of Ur. His dad's name is Terah, T-E-R-A-H, Terah. He is married to Sarai at that time. Sarai cannot have kids, and he's 75 years old. So he is, he's a dude. Like, he's a grown man, been around for a long time, got some uh, street cred, right? Um, He's had his teenage years. He's done his thing. All we know of Abram is that he's living in a pagan city. Archaeologists have done a lot of digs around the city of Ur, and they have discovered that they worship the moon god. So a pagan city Abram is living in, he has no idea who God is, zip, nada, not one notion of who God is. Living in a pagan city with his dad and his family, he's 75 years old, he's been married, not sure how long him and Sarah have been married, but she can't have any kids, so basically she's barren. And God speaks to him. Okay, you can shake your head and go, are you serious? Abram is not coming from a godly family. Abram is not uh, this huge worshiper of God. 
He is a normal, ordinary, sinful dude living in a pagan city. Wrap your head around that. And God chose him. Are you, are you sitting with that for a second? Because some of us have this preconceived idea that God only speaks to Christians. Is that true? Well, what we read in Scripture, <laughs> that is not true. God can speak to anyone at any time, at any place, because he's God and he can. And this is something that we really need to wrap our head around, the fact that God can speak to anyone. And that speaks to us. That's an assurance to us that if you're sitting there with a bunch of doubts in your heart right now, can God speak? Does he even speak? Guess what? He can. Well, does God know all the sin that I've been doing? Yes, he does. But guess what? He can still speak. He can still speak. I don't know when. I don't know how. I can't answer that question for you. But all I know is a 75-year-old man who was a pagan was spoken and given a promise of God that would he, oh gosh, this promise is massive, like that he would be the father of a nation. That's who God chose, Abram. And we get to chapter 12. So if you have your Bible, go to Genesis chapter 12, and we'll read in verse 1, okay? Now the Lord said to Abram, go from your country. That's the very first thing. The very first thing. Let me say it again. The very first thing that God said to Abram was leave your home. First thing out of God's mouth. Hey, uh, yo, Abram, I need you to leave. I need you to, that town you've been living in for 75 years, that's all you know, your family, all those things, I need you to leave. I'm going to come back to that. Go from your country and from your relatives, what? And from your father's house to the land which I will show you. And I will get this, this is crazy. Remember, first time God's ever showed up. First time Abram's ever heard, known, seen, interacted with God, right here. And I will bless you. And I will make you make your name great, and you shall be a blessing. And I will bless those who bless you, and the one who curses you I will curse. And in you, all the families of the earth will be blessed. What? That is a promise that God gave to Abram at the very get-go. He hadn't been around long. Voice of the Lord says, hey, leave your town. And guess what? I'm going to bless you. I'm going to bless you and I'm going to bless those. And I'm going to curse those who curse you. And I'm going to be with you. I'm going to go with you. And you're going to have this land. And you're going to be the father of many nations. I'm like, are you kidding me? This is mind-blowing to me. So Abram, I think this is why God chose him, is the next verse. So Abram went away as the Lord had spoken to him. And Lot went with him, his nephew. And Abram was 75 years old when he departed from Haran. That's the kind of the town for, uh, from Haran. Abram took his wife Sarai and his lot, nephew Lot and all their possessions which they accumulated and the people which they had acquired at Haran and they set out for the land of Canaan. So they came to the land of Canaan. So here we see this massive promise of God that I'm going to bless you and that you're going to be the father of many nations. And this is the very first time that Abram has ever heard his voice. And Abram's response to this first encounter 
was what? He said, okay. <laughs> okay, now I'm going to be honest with you. If we ever hear from a stranger and it's like this some random promise, I'm pretty sure that many of us would doubt that. We would probably start with doubt first. We would probably walk away from that moment going, uh, I wonder if that was really true. Right? Can I Google that to make sure that that's right? Because that's what we all do, right, to find the answer. We just Google it. I went on Google twice to find different things. Like, if I want to find something true, I'm going to Google it. Like, that, that, Abram didn't have that. And that was not the response that Abram had. Abram's response was like, okay, I'm all in. Let's move the family. The whole family. Now, here's the thing. Back then, that was a big deal. Like, you, you stayed with your family. Like, your whole family lived in a town. And you lived in a town from birth to death. Like, that is... That was the way of life back then. Whole cities, many times, were a genealogy of one patriarch and one matriarch. Like it, that was kind of the town. And you're, you know, I'm pretty sure that that's the same of this town where Abram is living, in the little town of Ur, that his whole family lived there. And God told him, very first thing, I need you to leave there. I really need you to leave and just head out to a a land that I'm going to promise you. Now, for Abram to do that, it meant that he had to deny everybody in his family, basically to be excommunicated from his family. And for him to even mention it was a big deal. And I think that's one of the reasons why he took his dad with him. But that's not what God asked him to do. God asked him to leave his land and also his family. But Abram took his dad and his nephew. So it was like, yes, I'm, yes God, I'm going to go, but there was a little bit of holding on to the past. There's a little bit of holding on, right? He wasn't, it wasn't like 100% obedience, but it was probably like 80% obedience. But the fact that Abram did leave meant he believed what he had heard from God. And he believed it with his whole heart. His, he believed it enough that it moved his feet to actually do what God had asked him to do. So there are two points that I have for this message, and then we're going to wrap it up. You ready? Ready for the first one? Everybody got the context of what we're talking about? This means yes. Okay. All right. Number one, Abram, Abraham heard the call of God. We see that in verses one through three. And here's what we see in that call. One, God can speak to anyone. God can speak to anyone. He can speak to you. He may be speaking to you right now. He may be using my voice to be able to do it. He can speak to you. You are not exempt from the voice of God, no matter who you are. He could call the worst of the worst. He could speak to the worst of the worst. And he could speak to the best of the best. And even those that are lukewarm and in the middle. God can speak to anyone. He spoke to Abram. He could speak to you. Number two, or point number two under point number one. God speaks with a promise. And this is so crucial for us. He always does. He always speaks with a promise. And if you look all throughout Scripture, this is the very first time we see the promise of God. But from this point forward, every interaction that God has with mankind, He always delivers a promise. A promise. A promise of His presence, a promise of His provision, and a promise of protection. You can read all the encounters that God actually speaks. You can even look at Moses on the burning bush. He gives a promise of protection. I will go with you and I will be with you. And I will be your God and I will guide you and lead you. 
Now that's crazy to me when you think about it. How God speaks to you is always with a promise. So if you're not hearing a promise when God speaks to you, and yes, God does speak to you for the doubters in the room, it's always going to be encountered with a promise. He's going to tell you who he is and what he's going to do. That's a big deal. Number three there under he heard the call is God's call requires action. Verse one says it. The very first thing, what did I tell you? The very first thing that God said to him was leave. Go and leave. It required Abram's feet to actually move. It wasn't like he heard from God and and Abram goes, oh, that's kind of nice. I think I'll be okay. I'll just continue doing what I'm doing. That's not what God had asked of Abram. God asked him to take a step of faith and to believe it to be true. And Abram did. And he showed it by how he left his city and started walking. And that's important for us to understand. That when God speaks, what he's looking for in us is not idleness. He's looking for obedience. He's looking for you to take a step and to move. When he speaks... It's time to go. I was so convicted. I'm sitting in the chair hearing Victoria pray, and God said right there in that chair to me, he said, tell him to leave it. Some of you in this room need to take a step of faith and to walk with the Lord. Leave it behind. I don't know who that's for, I just know this for someone. Someone needs to hear the voice of God that simply would say, go and leave it. Maybe it's leave a life of sin. Maybe it's to repent. We're going to talk about that here in just a minute. Maybe it's to walk away from a bad friendship that you know is holding you back from being godly. Maybe, I don't know what it is, but some of you need to hear the voice of God that simply says, it's time to leave it. It's time to leave it. Take a step of faith. It's time to leave it. That's for whoever is in the room. Maybe that's for all of us. I don't know. I just heard him say it right there, and so I'm saying it to you. Here's the other cool thing. Do you want to know, like the town of Ur, they were worshiping a pagan moon god. Do you want to know what the name of that moon god was? This blew my mind. The name of the moon god is Sin. The name of him, capital S-I-N. That's the name of the pagan god that Abram and his family were worshiping. And (laughs) this is so good. Basically what God is saying to Abram is leave sin where it is. Somebody needs to hear that. What you need to leave, what you need to walk away from is sin. Just like Abram, God called Abram to leave a life of sin and to walk into the promise of something new. Did you feel the floor shake right there? That was big. When I read that, I about had a hallelujah moment right there. I was like... Leave a life of sin. Yes. Woo. Like right there in my office. I'm like, ah, can you believe this? That is for someone. All right. Point number two. How do I respond? Abraham Abraham responded to the call of God. And we see this in several different ways. One, a response to God's call always requires faith and is demonstrated by obedience. 
all the time. How do I respond when God calls me? How do I respond when God speaks to me? If what you're saying, Steve, is true, then I'm supposed to speak. God speaks to everybody. How do I respond to that? It's always, always requires faith. God's not going to give you something that's safe. He's not always going to pave it out for you. He's not always going to say, oh, by the way, I need you to leave a life of sin, and I'm going to give you a bunch of other stuff. No, the first thing he's looking for, he's not, he needs you to leave. He needs you to leave the life of sin and just see what happens on the other side of it when you believe by faith that I'm doing the right thing. And then the blessings start coming. He's not going to pave it out for you. He's looking for your faith and he's looking for your obedience. That's what he was looking for in Abram. And that's what he's looking for in us. I say it all the time. Hebrews 12, 2. If I'm going to let go of a life of sin and I'm going to respond to the call of God on my life and I'm going to take a step of faith, what do I need to do? I need to fix my eyes on Jesus, the author and the perfecter of my faith, who for the joy set before him endured the cross, scorning its shame, is now seated at the right hand of the throne of God. If I'm going to be doing anything, and Abram did this, he did this. He did this with every step that he took, leaving a life of sin, leaving a life that he grew up on 75 years worth. I'm pretty sure he had some hard ties there with some good friends. He left some of those friends and said, oh, that's good too. I didn't know that one. That's really good. Um, And he started walking, believing by faith, fixing his eyes on God. God, wherever you want me to go, I'm going to go. I believe the promise. I believe it by faith. I'm going to keep going. It's, it's crazy, and this is a side note. I'm not going to dive into this because I don't have enough time, but if you look at the account of Abram and you look at all the places, you will see the verb. You'll see so many verbs. Those are action words all throughout Scripture of how Abram heard from God and he walked. Abram heard from God and he moved. And there was always faith that in action. Abram, that was his whole life from this point forward. He was so convinced by the call of God that he was going to go and walk in obedience no matter what God had asked him to do. And you'll see it all throughout Scripture. I'll just mention a couple of them because it's really good. A life of faith will never stand still. It's always on the move. It's always growing. And you'll see uh, in chapter 12, verse 4, he departed. In chapter 12, verse 5, he went forth. He passed through in verse 6. He removed. He removed. Verse 8, another verb. He journeyed in verse 9 in chapter 12. You see it everywhere of how many times that verb pops up. A proper response to God's call is the rejection of, of the old way of life and stepping into a new way of life. That's exactly what Abram did in this moment. He rejected the old and embraced the new. There's a certain verse of scripture that is very familiar to many of us that speaks of this. And it's 2 Corinthians chapter 7, verse 1. Therefore, having these promises, beloved, he cleansed ourselves from all defilement of flesh and spirit, perfecting holiness and fear of God. That is what he's asking of us. I think 2 Corinthians 5.17 says it this way. That we should... Anybody know this one? Come on. Come on. It's there. I know it's there. 2 Corinthians 5.17. If anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old is gone and the new has come. Hello. That's us, y'all. 
We need to walk away from the old like Abram did and embrace the new of what God would have for you. That is good. That is good. I'm, I, I'm not even going to go into how much faith God, uh, Abram had because it's all over the book of Hebrews. Hebrews chapter 11. We see how Abram walked by faith. He lived by faith. He was saved by faith. He lived by faith. And he walked in obedience to faith. Faith led him everywhere he go. And because of Abram's faith, he was blessed. And it was the biggest blessing ever. And we're going to read more about that and hear more about that next week too. But it's the biggest blessing that a nation will come from Abraham. A nation. And we know that to be true because guess what? It's right here in this room. All of us track back. If you really want to keep on going, keep on going. Some of you are like, well, I'm already been on Ancestry.com and it only goes to London and, you know, Germany and whatever. Oh, no, if you keep on tracking, keep on tracking. It all goes back to Abraham and Sarah. Right? And it's ultimately even the lineage of Jesus comes through Abraham and Sarah. Descendants as numerous as the stars, the sand. Crazy to think. Crazy. And it's, it's even funny if you track the lineage of Abraham, you have that moment with Hagar. I won't get into that, but it kind of splits and then they become enemies. You know, there's the enemies of God, but even God still blesses Hagar. And it's still, anyway, um, you'll read that in Genesis. It, it probably might come up in tea time in the next week or two. All right. Here's my final thoughts and then I'm going to wrap it up. Ready? One. The evidence of true faith is demonstrated by our obedience. And here's the thing. I'm going to be completely raw and completely real with you. If you're asking me, hey, Steve, how do I know my faith to be true? This is what I am looking for. Okay? And I think this is what you need to look for in yourself. I'm looking for obedience. I'm looking for obedience. At what point... Are you going to see the sin in your life and to walk away from it, believing by faith and walking by obedience? And if you're wanting to know, am I truly walking by faith? That's how you will know. The evidence of your own feet will tell you if you're walking in obedience or not, if you're walking by faith or not. Your idleness spiritually is not doing anybody any good. That was hard. I'm sorry. Your idleness is not doing anybody good. You're not doing God any good. And so I want to challenge each and every one of you to start taking steps of faith. The second impact, or the second final, final thought there is that the impacts of our obedience to God's call will go further than you would ever think. Generationally. Your faith... And your obedience as a 15-year-old will have impacts that go far beyond you. And I'll tell you just my story, and I'll leave it at this. My story is my granddad, when he was a teenager, woke up to the reality of who Jesus was. And because he took a step of faith and walked in obedience and walked into a little church in Jacksonville, Florida, And he surrendered his heart and life to Christ. And he married young, like 18 years old, got married young. Married a woman named Wilma, my grandmother, who is still alive today. She's 90-something. We don't know. (laughs) 
But my grandfather led my dad to the Lord. My dad led me to the Lord. And that's just three generations right there. And here's the beauty thing. I got to share and to lead my daughters and how they would come to faith in Christ. And if you track back, just just in my story, this is just my story. I don't know what your story is, and I'm sure you could track it down. Just in my story, the impact, the generational impact of faith and obedience in one person and how that impact makes. I know you're not thinking that way right now. Like as teenagers, you're not thinking that way. You're thinking all about me right now. I get it. I understand it. But I want you to just open your mind just for a second and not think about you. And just think about the faith and obedience. That if you took a step of faith and obedience, what impact it could make generationally in your family. That's all I'll say about that. Because Abraham is walking testimony of that truth. This one's not... Okay, I'll say. Our sal- number three. Our salvation story is the beginning of our faith journey with God. Our salvation story is the beginning of our faith journey with God. Abraham heard the voice of God in that moment. And he believed it by faith. And because he believed it by faith, it was credited to him as righteousness. You will read that in Hebrews chapter 11. You also see it in Romans. But you see the saving faith of Abram in this moment. His salvation story started right there. God spoke to him in that moment. And I want you to think about this, y'all. Just think about this. For the believers in the room, and if you're ever wondering, does God ever speak to me? He did. He has already. And it was that moment when you said yes to him. He spoke the gospel to you. And he paved a way for you to believe by faith, to reject your sin, to walk away from it. God has spoken to you already. And how are you, like Abraham, walking and believing by faith? You know that promise that I will bless you and make you a nation? I'm sure there was a lot of question marks for Abram because Sarai was barren. She couldn't have kids. Do you think the doubt that was welling up in his heart? Can you imagine that? It was 25 years later that that promise actually started to happen with the birth of Isaac. 25 years What do you do with 25 years of not seeing a promise that was given? I don't know about you. I would have crazy doubt. I would probably be going, God, what are you you doing? What are you saying? We are so impatient. And I could talk about Sarah's impatience. All that. Oh, gosh, yes. That is so characteristic of us. We want to know it, and we want to know it now. We are never patient with God, and we need to be. Man, I could keep preaching. I'm just telling you, I could keep on preaching on this. I could also talk about how faith is not a feeling. I mean, let's go into that for a little bit. There's so much here just to unpack in these four verses of who Abram is. And I want you to get curious. Over this journey that we're going through Genesis, I want you to get curious about God's word. I want you to get curious about who he is and how he interacts with mankind. And even begin to think, how does God want to interact with you? I think the first thing he's going to say to you is leave it. Leave it the life of sin. 
If you have not repented of your sin, if you have not believed Jesus as your Lord and Savior, if you have not received him into your heart and your life, I pray that tonight you would hear the gospel. And the gospel is this, that he loves you and he wants to speak to you. And he's going to speak to you through the cross. He's not going to leave you in the state of your sin. No, he loves you enough that he's going to pave the way. He's going to pay the penalty that your sin deserves. Your sin deserves death, separation. For the wages of sin is death. But here's the beautiful thing about the gospel. But the God who loves you and cares for you knows you in the state of your sin. And he speaks to you through the cross. And he says, come. If you would only repent of your sin, leave your sin behind. Repent. Believe by faith that I've got you. And then to receive him, in other words, to walk in lordship of who he is. Y'all, that's what salvation is. Salvation, (laughs) I'm going to read it to you because it's so good. We are not saved by making promises to God. We are saved by believing God's promises. You hear that? You're not making a promise to God. No, you need to start believing, believing the promises of God. Y'all, that's so rich. Woo, rich. That is good. I pray that some of you in this room would surrender your heart and your life to Christ. Maybe it's right now. Maybe it's right now.